listening to the EVs for Everyone podcast. My name is Elena Ciccatelli, an award-winning automotive executive, and I'm so excited to introduce you to some of the most dynamic thought leaders the EV economy has to offer. Listen in on honest conversations I have with the leading electric vehicle experts and uncover critical insights that will help you jump ahead and stay there. The electrification race is officially on, and these conversations have never been more important. So whether you're an automotive executive or just an EV enthusiast, this is the podcast for you. Let's get started. This is a treat and an honor to have Jamie Butters, executive editor at Automotive News on the show today. Jamie, how are you this afternoon? I'm good, Elena. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is going to be amazing conversation. And I just I have so many questions for you, but I will bring them. I will preface this (laughs) by we are recording this the day after the big game. And of course, we had our manufacturers and their their ads in full force. So would love your hot take on anything that were noteworthy that stood out to you. I can give you a quick little review recap if that'll help jog your memory a little bit. Right. We had the uh, the Christopher Walken BMW ad we talking had the, like walking talking like yep. walking we had the <laughs> the Volkswagen the little nostalgia look back in time that little blip of the ID buzz at the end mm-hmm. uh, we had the Kia EV9 the little tearjerker that made me sniffle a little bit with the ice skater and then Toyota last minute coming in with their Tacoma ad so yeah take well right it's kind of I don't know I'm I like to watch the ads. I'm not sure they're always a good um, a good investment or that they're super effective for what they're trying to do. Um, you know, I think it was interesting, three of the four ads being at least somewhat about EVs, uh, even though EVs are still a relatively small part of the market. Uh, you know, the, the Kia one did really well. I had a hard time following it. Maybe it's because I just have been watching the show Shrinking on Apple, but I figured that the mom was the one who was missing, not the grandpa. And so I, it, it, the whole thing was like, okay, but what about mom? (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about that too. I was like, oh shoot, mom didn't make it. Right. Right. And then, but we're going to drive into grandpa's house. Uh, the VW, you know, is a nice nostalgia tour and pointing toward the ID buzz that, which, you know, Americans, a lot of Americans are really excited about. I'm afraid they're going to get sticker shock uh, because part of what was what made the original Beetle and the original bus so popular was that they were cheap. They were people's cars. And um, and these are might not be very cheap. They might be pretty darn expensive, but that's the way it is with new technology and the early adopters will pay for it for the rest of us. And then and then BMW with the walk in ad was um you know, one of the more spectacular ads, at least, you know, certainly the most celebrity laden uh, uh, auto ad. I just, I don't know if it wasn't you and me talking, I don't know that we'd remember who the BMW, who, what, what brand it was for. No, it, yeah, it we just, were. It was the Christopher Walken ad. <laughs> exactly. And just listening to everyone's terrible impression of Christopher Walken. So, yeah. And then, and then, so we had, and which actually brings us to the topic of today's conversation, which is Toyota. And from what I understand, it was kind of a last minute submission with the Tacoma and they were like holding on for dear life. That segues really nicely into talking about Toyota. Um, obviously I wanted your expert point of view, your perspective on 
what is going on with Toyota? Article that was written in uh, Automotive News. Toyota, the once lauded progenitor of the Prius green machine, somehow became an EV activist punching bag. But hybrids are selling like hotcakes. So <laughs> I think that kind of sets the stage on talking about Toyota and their EV strategy. So, you know, I bring a lot of perspective to the Toyota story. I've been covering autos for more than 25 years. And my my first auto show was Tokyo in 1997 when Toyota and Honda were rolling out these new kinds of cars called a hybrid. And I went, uh, I was lucky enough to go and, and learn all about, learn a lot about Toyota, learn a lot about the technology and came back to, you know, try to write and explain that there was this new kind of car that was both gas and electric. And Toyota saw it in the late nineties, right? As this stepping stone to what would be pure electric vehicles and that those would then be a stepping stone to fuel cell vehicles that uh, turn hydrogen into electricity and emit only water vapor. And it all seemed really cool, but it was clearly something that was going to play out over time. And here we are a quarter century later, you know, hybrids are a pretty big fraction of the auto market in the U S EVs are a, a smaller, but, but growing fraction and, and fuel cells, Fuel cells still seem a bit down the road, but there's a lot happening there, especially on the heavy truck side. So there's been a lot of progress, but you know, when you're just sort of head down week to week, month to month, it seems like nothing ever changes. Very right. fast. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And thank you for giving that context around it because I do want to bring up, um, which just happened recently, the automotive news retail forum. Um, you had Jack Hollis, right? The Toyota uh, North American sales chief. Um, and he was on stage and he was saying, look, um, these emissions regulations are, they're aimed at forcing wider EV adoption, but it's far ahead of where the consumers are. And he's like, look, I, we want to do what dealers are telling us the customer wants. Yeah, that was at NADA, the auto dealers convention in Las Vegas, where we have, uh, we have a retail forum there, bringing a lot of guests speakers and jack is great he's super dynamic always you know enthusiastic about uh selling vehicles and making customers happy um yeah you know i did he said some really great things about wanting to give customers all the things they want and then he went into saying you know the regulations are too strict and i think that's hard it's a hard claim to make in the present tense. I think what's happening is there's a lot of anxiety among dealers and automakers about the EPA's proposal that would effectively require 67% EVs by 2032. Um, that seems really ambitious, probably unrealistic. I think it actually could happen, but it would need every single thing to go right. And as those of us who've watched the EV evolution through, you know, Tesla, Rivian startup, GM and Ford and everybody else, like we know everything isn't going to go exactly right. So that seems a bit over the top. We'll see if the lobbying can uh, can dial that back to something more in line with what NHTSA is proposing. You, know, you think back to uh, when the Detroit automakers uh, all went to the White House with President Biden and President Biden was saying, we want 50 percent EVs by 2030. And the automakers said, yes, we will commit to maybe 40 percent EVs by 2030. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, 
you know, aiming for something in that, okay, is 50 a stretch goal? Is 40 a stretch goal? Or is that maybe an easier goal? Um, you know, a lot of the estimates from analysts out there are more like, you know, 35% in 2030. So, you know, there's a, a wide range. Part of my thinking is, you know, at this point, EVs are still expensive to build. Uh, the battery supply chain mostly runs through China, which is problematic. The charging network is insufficient so far. Um, and But if you can get – if we can get to the point through solid-state batteries, through alternative chemistries and more efficient manufacturing where the cost of entry is on par with the gas vehicles, well, then it's just a no-brainer. Right. If, if the if the charging is reliable and people learn that how they can live with them and they cost less to get into, they're going to cost less to drive. They're going to be, you know, more fun and easy to drive as long as you know, you're over the as long as we can get over the range anxiety. And then it's just like it is going to be economically such a no brainer for most Americans that then, you know, the even the EPA rules could look uh, too timid. But right. yeah, it's so hard to project two product cycles out, what the demand is going to be like, what the market's going to look like. I, I could not imagine being in that seat where having to make these decisions from a manufacturer point of view, it's gosh, darn, that's, that's gotta be really tough. Toyota himself even had said, you know, I think the market share is going to be 30% max of BEVs. The rest are going to be hybrids, fuel cells, hydrogen. Yeah. You know, the, what I always say is, you know, you can't, uh, for companies to do sustainability, they need the profits to be sustainable as well. And so companies like Toyota that make 10 million vehicles a year, I mean, they can't lose $1,000 on each one, let alone 5000 like Ford is losing on their EVs. And I give them total props for, for calling that out and for giving the transparency on the relative profitability. But, you know, if Toyota lost $5,000 per car, that'd be $50 billion and they'd be gone in right. about a year, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's uh, unfortunate for the title of your show that they don't seem to believe in EVs for everyone, at least not yet. Um, but I think, you know, you listen to what Jack Hollis is saying. You know, there's what Akio Toyota says as the, the chairman. Uh, but he also has a new CEO that he just appointed who has leaned in a lot more on EVs. I think you saw a lot of the Japanese automakers, I guess, especially Toyota and Honda, um, but some of the uh, secondary players in Japan as well. When they went to the auto show in China last year, they kind of got their minds blown. And even though it's hard for them to see making the high quality cars that they have made and powering them with batteries and doing so profitably, they see what's hot in China. It's a little more about infotainment. It's less about build quality. Uh, you know, it's less about the range that, you know, American consumers seem to demand. And so uh, maybe there's a path forward. And at the very least, they're going to maintain their space and their market share globally. They're going to have to get serious about EVs and they are getting serious about it. Just maybe not yet committing to more than three and a half million <laughs> sales well, at the end of the decade. Yeah. And 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 look, you're right. You know, losing 5,000 a copy is not something a manufacturer aspires to do. Right. So that, you know, makes it makes a ton of financial sense. To your point about affordability, I talk about affordability a lot 
on this show, right? Because we're essentially going from this early adopter luxury product to the very niche product to the masses. And I don't know, this is a very, very random thought, but do you remember the ad that Will Farrell did for GM? I think it was like three years ago. And he's like, Norway is beating us in EV adoption. It had like a bunch of stars in it. Anyway, yeah. that's I always I always think of that ad because because when it comes to affordability, um, I I feel like, you know, Will Farrell maybe needs to be the spokesperson to be like, <laughs> let's get an EV that's sub 25K. Sure. I mean, the problem is that a battery costs like $10,000 and yeah. the whole powertrain of a typical, you know, car or crossover is going to be somewhere in the, you know, two to $5,000 range. So you're just having to pay for a lot more uh, you know, the, the bill of materials, the cost of goods sold. I mean, just the, the stuff that you need to make a car just costs so much more. So, but here's the thing, you know, if you put enough smart people and let's use dollars as a proxy for smart people, cause you use the dollars to hire the smart people, you throw enough smart people at a problem, you, you might solve it, right? Like the Manhattan project or whatever, you know, other big problems, you know, there's a lot of work going on on battery chemistries on different, uh, densities, you know, solid state, semi-solid state. But these are things that could be some real breakthroughs in cost, in charging time uh, that make people a lot more comfortable and and help to limit the upfront cost so that people can really focus more on the longer term savings of not having to go to the gas station, not having to have oil changes. Of course, you, yes, you have to pay for electricity, but it's a lot more affordable uh, than than having to fill up. And of course, you know, gas prices fluctuate like all other prices, even more than most. Yeah. And, and like you said about that total cost of ownership conversation, we love that conversation, that total cost of ownership. Oh my gosh, don't get us started. I mean, I think back to the, the premise of your show title, right? EVs for everyone. You know, that's a great goal. It's a, and it's a, a fun, a fun way to think about it. But for me, like, the first stage, as we get from, like you said, from early adopters to more early mass, if we could just get everyone who owns a home with a garage and has more than one vehicle in their family to t to take on one EV, to try one EV that they can charge at home, they can get a chance to see how simple it is and not feel as vulnerable about the occasional long, long range trip, long road trip they want to take. And we could get to a good... 20 30 percent of the market just with that and then by then maybe we do bring down the cost of purchasing and we get enough vehicles out there to justify the investment in a robust ev uh, charging network that would support even people who live in condos and apartments and things like that we are in one chapter of this story that's what i like to say we're in one chapter and luckily, we are in an industry with a ton of smart people. So like you said, you throw enough smart people at a problem, you might actually solve it. So I think the good news is that, you know, really having these types of conversations with all angles of the industry. You know, I, I recently interviewed Mickey Anderson, who's the president of Baxter Auto. He was the one that was um, really spearheading the letter to President Biden. And I'm like, let's have a conversation about this because I want to put it in the right context for, mm -hmm. for people to to understand, right? To understand all of these angles, because unfortunately, 
EVs are polarizing, which that's another yes. top. That's another show. That's another episode, <laughs> Jamie. Like you're going to have to come back and we're going to have to, you know, just have this be kind of like a regular thing. It'd be a regular now- thing. Sure thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have one last question for you. And this was, I posed this, this question on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. And I said, if you were interviewing Jamie Butters, what would you ask him? And one really good question came back, but I warn you, you will need a crystal ball for this question. <laughs> um, it was courtesy of Andrew DeFeo, Hyundai of St. Augustine. And he asked, what is your prediction for Bev retail market share? in the u.s for 2030 wow that that is a heavy one (laughs) i know he's just like here here's the toughest (laughs) question i could possibly ask you (laughs) yeah i i mean like i said i I would tend to go with something closer to uh in the neighborhood i I would tend to outsource that uh, prediction to somebody like global data who i think is projecting in the high 30s um I do think there's a possibility if the technology evolves a little more rapidly than is currently projected that that the industry could overshoot that. A lot of it, too, ends up coming down to um, relative regulation. You know, it's not just uh, what what does the U.S. require from the fleet and, and what's the state of the economy. It's also, you know, how many battery powered cars can the industry make worldwide and how much does you know China or Europe or other uh, government entities demand that uh, that they be the ones to get them? Uh, you think about when under the old uh, EV tax credit system, it, it went by you could do two more quarters after the quarter when you cross the threshold at the full value and then two quarters at half and two quarters at a quarter and then it was over. And so Tesla was like on the brink of crossing the the 200,000 threshold and all of a sudden they sold tens of thousands of EVs in Canada because they didn't want to cross the line at an inopportune time. So they shifted those to Canada and then had a boom quarter the next quarter in the U.S. as they plowed past the number and tried to get as much as they could out of the old system. So there's there are so many puts and takes here, uh, but it's going to be a lot more than it is now. It's going to be you know more than 10 percent, probably more, you know, more than 20 percent. But how much more is it going to be 30, 40, 50, 60 I, I I don't have that good a crystal ball yet. So many variables, so many variables at play here. But um, Andrew, that was that was the answer. Hope you're satisfied. We'll just have to, you know, keep doing some updates until 2030. No, just kidding. <laughs> just <to laughs> make sure that we stay on top of this. But Jamie, this has been amazing. I am 100% serious. You are a friend of the show. You are welcome anytime you want to talk anything EV or hybrid, you know, PHEV related you are always welcome to uh to come on the show and and share your feelings and thoughts thanks thanks elena your show's become a regular in my rotation oh my gosh oh my heart just skipped a beat (laughs) holy moly it just skipped a beat oh my gosh thank you so much for your time this was amazing anytime 
Thank you so much for listening to the EVs for Everyone podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and subscribe to the show and leave a five-star review with a comment. We read every single comment, so thank you in advance. If you have an idea for an upcoming episode or you would like to be a guest on the show, go to EVs, the number four, everyone.com slash contact. That's EVs, the number four, everyone.com slash contact. Until next time, keep charging forward. Word.